Here's an experiment for you. Take passionate experts in human resource technology. Invite cross-industry experts from inside and outside HR. Mix in what's happening in people analytics today. Give them the technology to connect. Hit record. Pour their discussions into a beaker. Mix thoroughly. And voila, you get the HR Data Labs podcast, where we explore the impact of data and analytics to your business. We may get passionate and even irreverent, but count on each episode challenging and enhancing your understanding of the way people data can be used to solve real-world problems. Now, here's your host, David Turetsky. Hello and welcome to the HR Data Labs podcast. I'm your host, David Turetsky. Like always, we try and find you fascinating people inside and outside the world of HR. Today, we're still at the SHRM 22 conference here in beautiful New Orleans, Louisiana. Today, we have a pleasure to talk to Jessica Miller Merrill, who's the CEO and founder of Workology. Hey, Jessica, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. So, Jessica, one of the things we typically do is we'll ask people to give us a little bit of background about themselves first. Describe who Jessica is. Only my therapist knows, right? That's okay. Now everybody does here. So... I'm an HR practitioner turned entrepreneur, and we really are focused on providing resources, information, training, and support for the HR community. Workology is a destination that reaches 800,000 HR practitioners every single month, and I'm focused on helping them elevate their business. I'm a former practitioner turned entrepreneur, and I love doing this work because I'm helping serve the person that I used to be in those organizations. That's awesome. It's a great goal, and I'm glad you're doing it. Thank you. So one other thing that we do is one fun thing that no one knows about you. One fun thing that no one knows about me. I really love stand-up paddleboarding. I I moved to Austin about six years ago, and I go every chance that I can. That's awesome. I'm so uncoordinated that I would probably fall every single time trying to get up on a board, but I applaud you for trying. It's good for core work and it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. Austin is a great place for that. And it gets me out of the office and, or my home office or work office, whatever, and out into beautiful, just views. And I'm sure with the temperatures being what they are recently, it's better than being just normally outside because you can actually get in the water anytime you get too hot. The, the temperature, yes. It's not unlike Louisiana, New Orleans is right now. We just don't necessarily always have as much of the humidity. So it's six or three digits for sure for the next couple oh of goodness. months. Yes. Yeah. That's one thing I don't miss being in Massachusetts is three digits. Yes. So one of the things we wanted to talk about today and our topic for today is understanding what senior HR and CHROs are dealing with today. And Workology is working on a CHR survey, which is fascinating. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about your CHRO survey. So the first question is, why build a CHRO survey? What, what kind of spurred you to do it? So at the beginning of 2020, when the pandemic happened, I have a, I have a podcast also too called the Workology Podcast. And with everyone being at home and unable to see each other, I decided to do a series of interviews where I talked to CHROs. Right. So it's the CHRO series on the Workology Podcast. And I really just wanted to understand and share with others who might not be able to go anywhere 
what what is happening right now, what are priorities and initiatives and changes that are occurring as a result of what we were all going through together, but separately. So, And by the way, there was nothing happening in 2020. No, nothing. No, no, no. A pandemic. Ah, that's easy. CHRs had that. Oh my gosh. Every <laughs> CHRO that's listening to this right now is like, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's why burnout is at 92% yeah. for yeah. heads of HR. So right. we're all working a lot, trying to navigate this, this crazy space. And so I started doing the interviews and today we've had over 50 50 interviews with heads of HR. And I like the anecdotal conversations, the one-on-one. I think it's fantastic. But I was finding that it was just anecdotal. It was me saying, oh, I talked to this person. So we needed more data, more information. So we launched uh, what we called the HR Benchmark Survey. And we've surveyed 457 heads of HR, asked them about what's important to them, who they report to, what's their budget, how their business works, what are priorities for them as heads of HR, and then also what are priorities for the business? So a whole host of questions about 30. But the the real reason that we wanted to put this together is because I wanted to be able to share, because I feel like it's a pivotal moment really Absolutely. in human resources right now. Yeah. So how do we keep that momentum going post-COVID and beyond for us? I think one of the funny things is when you asked the CHRO what they were doing, they were wearing so many hats, especially during the pandemic, so many hats of making sure that we understood who's working at home, who's not, who can work at home. What were the changes happening in legislation? Because things were changing so rapidly. And there was just so much going on that their heads were literally spinning. So what you're trying to do now is you're trying to put context for what they're doing. And how they're dealing with things. Absolutely. And be able to explain to others. Because also I'm finding that during the pandemic, CHROs were leading executive conversations because we needed to know exactly about what you were describing. Legislation changes, safety regulations, all these different things. We had to be starting the executive meeting conversations. I don't want us to not be a part of those conversations. So it's really important for us to have this data to be able to communicate to each other, support ourselves as individuals in HR and our teams, but also talk to our CEO and executive team about here's what my peers are doing. And this is what's a priority for us in aggregate. Right. So let me ask you another question, which is where did you used to get this data before? Where did anybody go to try and get data about all the things that CHROs were doing. I mean, there's a number of, of outlets that are out there. I think the conference board is a really good place for a lot of information. I just felt like small to medium-sized businesses, we don't, we don't normally don't have access to that information or most organizations like the conference board will focus on collecting data for really large enterprise companies. And so the SMB market often gets let they get forgotten. So I want to make sure that we focus on the SMB market. I think one of the things that we've specifically talked about in the past on the HR Data Labs is there is a very different world that SMB deals with, not just from regulation, but some regulations are shared, but from regulation, but also from who they're competing against and the local markets that they have to deal with and all the other things that that sometimes big organizations do, but a lot of times they don't because they have the resources to be able to deal with those bigger issues. Their teams are different, who they report to is different, the priorities are different, how they report in terms of business success is different. When you're publicly traded, there are a lot of different regulations and requirements for for sharing of information, and you don't have those same things necessarily in the S&B markets. The, the, the job of a CHRO is almost fundamentally different because it's not 
exactly the same because you have so many people as a larger company, CHRO, you have so many people who can take on those other hats. Agreed. And the CHRO typically has such a litany of things that they're responsible for because they just can't afford, right? Other people. And we've seen that in our CHRO series on the podcast too. I've talked to chiefs of staff with 25 employees all the way up to HR organizations that were supporting Fortune 100 companies. So, you know, if when you have a team of or employees that are 300,000 plus strong as a CHRO, it is very different. What your schedule looks like, how you filter and organize information versus a 25 person or a 250 person or a 2,500 person organization. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking subscribe. This podcast is made possible by salary.com. Now back to the show. So let me ask this other question, Jess. Where could this survey go? What are you hoping that the future is? Where do you want CHRO, the, the CHRO data and the CHRO survey to go? What, 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 what would be your dream? So my vision is quarterly information. So I really want to have like a body of work in research because that's really my background is, is in research. I have a degree in anthropology. So I feel oh, like HR, cool. yeah. HR, the HR profession is sort of my culture that I'm setting as an anthropologist. So I want to be able to have this body of work quarterly trends uncovered in information. So when we look back in two years, five years, 10 years, at the end of my time in human resources, I have really built something that really showcases how dynamic and interesting and just fascinating, really, the role of the human resources professional is. I love that. And to me, as a statistician, I love to longitudinally look at things and say, why is something so different? What, what's the things that make it different? whether it's industry, whether it's time, whether it's geography, whether it's just purely the size. Because obviously, as we talked about, size could be very a big big differentiator, even in the small to mid-sized markets. So are, are you planning on doing things like actually having researchers who are pouring through the data and doing research papers on it? Kind of like what you know the Gartners and others and Deloitte's have done in the past. We'll see what happens. I mean, we've just launched the first quarterly results of the survey. So I'm but getting ahead of myself. Yeah, you yeah. are. But I love how you're thinking because, yes, I would love a team of data analysts and data scientists to dive in this information, take a look at it, and like pull out real gems. Because the more information we get from the survey, more people who are inputting their information into it, the more granular I can get, the more vertical, the just like you were saying, location, geography, all the things, I, that's what gets me excited. It's like, can I find a trend or uncover something in one of those areas that we might have missed? Because right. we haven't really evaluated or researched human, the HR professional in this way before. So I, I'm excited to see the possibilities. There, there's no better person, I think, that could steward this than an anthropologist because your background is in studying the humans the human condition, right? It, it's so crazy that this is where I ended up because really <laughs> I went to school and then I, I just kind of fell into human resources. Right. So now kind of circling back, it's like, oh, like this is what I was training for. So I'm really excited to see how the data and our research is received. And then like you were dreaming up all the things for me, uh, what the future is going to look like. Just call me. We'll, we'll talk. Absolutely. <laughs> 
So one of the fun things, and I, and I think everybody who heard what you just said kind of agrees, a lot of us fall into HR. We had different backgrounds, whether it was you know, having a liberal arts background or having an art history background, or I have a, sta- a statistical econometrics background. And I, I didn't fall into it. I actually purposely did it because when I graduated from college, I, my first job was with Taris Perrin. Oh. And I was developing statistical analyses based on people's jobs. And it was, it was crazy. But I love how people do fall into it with different backgrounds because it gives us so much of a fertile ground for understanding what we do differently. And those differences make us a better group for it. So I'm glad you're here. I love it. Innovation is everything. So the more diversity we have in terms of people we bring into the profession of human resources, I think the better it is for everyone because we're dreaming up new things. I mean, think about the number of HR technology companies that have come into this space from when I first started until now, like the, the sky's the limit. I love seeing the evolution. And I think that as individual practitioners, we should expect the same things. We are changing human resources forever. Absolutely. Totally wholeheartedly agree, especially in the world of people analytics where, you know, marketing, finance, production, logistics, they've been doing statistics and analytics forever. We just started. It's so new for us. And yes, you can listen to people like Al Adamson and Richard Rosenau and David Green and or me and, and talk about, you know, what's happening in that world. But because we now have people who are, have those backgrounds in the world of HR, they're pushing us to go differently. So I'm glad you're here. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I'm excited to see what's in store. And I love that research and data has finally arrived. It totally makes sense why it's here. When I think about all the information and data that I'm inputting and then all the technologies that I'm using, like it's a lot of information, putting it all together and trying to make sense to help forecast or artificial intelligence. There, the possibilities are really endless for us. And we hope that the HR world becomes more friendly to analytics because let's be honest, not all of us have math degrees <laughs> and a lot of us hated our statistical classes, but, but hopefully we're going to get there. And hopefully your research shows that. Yeah, I, I feel like HR professionals are open and we just have to keep talking about the value that data brings, the different ways that can be used. I feel like all this statistical data has been can be so incredibly helpful right now as we're still going through the great resignation. Imagine a world where you could anticipate turnover and plan for it from a workforce planning standpoint. Every HR leader, I, I think they should be super excited about that possibility because it will definitely change our job and our role in the organization forever. And let's pray that happens. <laughs> it's, it's on its way. I know it is coming. It is. It is. Jess, thank you so much. It was wonderful having you. And hopefully we can have you back for a different topic I would someday. love to. Thank you so much. Take care and thank you. That was the HR Data Labs podcast. If you liked the episode, please subscribe. And if you know anyone that might like to hear it, please send it their way. Thank you for joining us this week and stay tuned for our next episode. Stay safe.